Hi, welcome to New Hope Community Church Online. The sermon you are about to hear was originally given by Pastor Chuck Wilson. New Hope Community Church, to know, to live, and to share Jesus Christ. Today we are going to be looking at 2 Kings 2, 7-15, A Leap of Faith. Elijah cro- Elisha crosses the Jordan again. Elisha, following Elijah, crosses the Jordan again. A leap of faith. 2 Kings 2, 7-15. Now, I grew up, speaking of a leap of faith, I grew up near Niagara Falls, and there was once a famous deer devil that jumped the falls. He didn't jump over the falls, but he jumped into the swirling water of the falls. If, if you've ever been to Niagara Falls, and I know a lot of you have been, especially if you ride the Maid of the Mist right up to the falls, there's all that churning water at the base. And he actually jumped into that, that water, and his name was Sam Patch. In fact, I'm going to just read some highlights about Sam Patch here. Uh, he was the early American deer devil. This is by Brian Locker, this article, Waterfall Jumper Sam Patch. Really, really interesting. I've been seeing him in different history stories, so I looked it up. Uh, he was an American celebrity before the age of celebrities, it says. In the 1820s, he captured the imagination, imagination of the American public with a series of death-defying leaps. He drew large crowds and a lot of media attention. He started out at Great Falls in Patterson, New Jersey. And he was after this was known as the Jersey Jumper for a while. He, uh, what, it's the Passaic Falls or the Patterson Falls. It's pretty high and, and they had built a bridge over the falls and so that people could you know get past that area and a big crowd was there because they're going to cut the ribbon for this bridge this wooden bridge they put over the falls there but sam patch stole the show he before they could cut the ribbon he went out in the middle of the bridge and jumped down into the water at the base of the falls everybody was freaked out 77 feet down into these this you know, bubbly water, and after that he became famous. He was energized by his the crowd's enthusiasm and his popularity. So he went on a jumping tour, went all over the place, jumping, jumping, jumping off of the top of boats, ships, and and rivers and cliffs. But he finally ended up at Niagara Falls. He jumped Niagara Falls, the ultimate challenge. They offered him uh, some some uh, hotel owners wanted to get a crowd there, so they offered him $75 to jump into the base of the falls, which I guess at that time was worth it. It was a lot of money. But he, so he, he jumps, and uh, he had 10,000 spectators showed up. They built a platform. They had a ladder going up to a platform that was chained to the cliff, and it went up even higher. So it it ended up being 120 feet high is where he ended up jumping down into this water of the falls. And so that was a real big deal. He he jumped into the water. He survived it. He became really, really famous. More tours, more money, more fame. Everybody's talking about Sam Patch. Uh, And so then he ended up finally at the Genesee Falls in Rochester, New York. And there he there was a 97-foot drop, almost as high as Niagara Falls, pretty spectacular. And he climbed up to the top of this, and he had a bear. He, by this time, he has a bear that was a, an assistant, and he would take the bear and he'd push it off the, the, the platform. The bear went flying down, landed in the water, swam to safety. So Sam's like, okay, it looks pretty safe to me. This was before PETA. So he... Uh, so he Sam jumped in it. I think it was great. But there wasn't that big a crowd, not much money. So they decided to do another one, another jump, same place. But they built a higher platform, 20 feet feet higher. So now it's up to 125 feet above the water. Big group now. The title was Higher Yet. 
In fact, there's even posters still left from this. Higher yet, uh, publicized all over the place. 8,000 people showed up. Sam, uh, Sam jumps into the water, and he never came back up. That's right. He never came back up. They found his body four months later, frozen, because it was wintertime at the time, frozen downriver near Lake Ontario, perfectly preserved, perfectly preserved. That was his last jump. But that wasn't the end of Sam Patch. No, no. His fame continued to spread. His legend persisted. Uh, everybody started doing the Sam Patch. That was the saying. The, let's do the Sam Patch. They started jumping Everybody jumping over fences, over store counters, over horses and cows. Everybody's jumping, jumping, jumping. It became a national pastime doing the sand patch. And he had this weird motto uh, that nobody could quite understand, but it, it worked for him. He would always say, some things can be done as well as others. So people say, why are you jumping, Sam? He goes, some things can be done as well as others. So that became a real common saying. And uh, everybody knew Sam Patch. Even President Andrew Jackson named his horse, his favorite horse, Sam Patch. <laughs> now you know. For years, though, after his death, people continued to believe he was still alive. There were frequent Sam Patch sightings around the country. Yes, he was the original Elvis. That's right. Uh, so that's Sam Patch. Now, this might sound crazy to us. Well, it does sound crazy. But spiritually, we are all called to do something very similar. We'll see that God often calls us to take a leap of faith into some very scary situations. And that's what we're going to see with the story of Elisha today. Let's pray. Father, we just pray that your Holy Spirit would speak to us and, and help move us forward. Whatever jump we need to take spiritually, that you would help move us forward spiritually today. And if someone has not put their faith in you, that they would take that leap of faith to put their faith in your son, Jesus Christ. We pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, let's pick it up in 2 Kings 2, 7 to 15. Some of this is review, but then we're going to focus on verses 13 to 15. But verse 7, 2 Kings 2, verse 7. Fifty men of the company of the prophets went and stood at a distance facing the place where Elijah and Elisha had stopped at the Jordan. Elijah took his cloak, rolled it up, and struck the water with it. The water divided to the right and the left, and the two of them crossed over on dry ground. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, Tell me what I can do for you before I am taken from you. Let me inherit a double portion of your spirit, Elisha replied. You have asked a difficult thing, Elijah said, yet if you see me when I am taken from you, it will be yours, otherwise not. As they were walking along, walking along and talking together, suddenly a chariot of fire and horses of fire appeared and separated the two of them, and Elijah went up to heaven in a whirlwind. Elisha saw this and cried out, My father, my father, the chariots and horsemen of Israel. And Elisha saw him no more. Then he took hold of his own clothes and tore them apart. He picked up the cloak that had fallen from Elijah and went back and stood on the bank of the Jordan. Then he took the cloak that had fallen from him and struck the water with it. Where now is the Lord, the God of Elijah, he asked. When he struck the water, it divided to the right and to the left, and he crossed over. The company of the prophets from Jericho who were watching said, the spirit of Elijah is resting on Elisha, and they went to meet him and bowed down to the ground before him. So, here we go. The, first of all, let's review here. Elisha follows Elijah through the Jordan. And we already covered this extensively and listened back to the, the recordings of Chariots of Fire Parts 1, 2, and 3. But he follows him through. We already studied this. But now he has to recross the Jordan. 
Why? The reason is, is because Elijah is a type of Jesus Christ. And his crossing of the Jordan is a picture of the cross, dying on the cross. When, when Elijah went into the Jordan, it was a picture of Jesus dying, because Jordan means death and judgment. It's a picture of Jesus dying on the cross for our sin. And when he came up out of the water, it's a picture of Jesus' resurrection. And then after he goes a little further and, and he's taken up by the horses of, of, uh, and chariots of fire, that is a picture of Jesus Christ's ascension. It's all a type of Jesus Christ. So that's, that's why he followed him through the first time. Elisha is a type of the apostles. He's a type of the apostles and us by extension. The first crossing was a picture of salvation. The first time Elijah followed Elisha, I'm sorry, the first time Elisha followed Elijah through the river, it was a picture of salvation that we must all follow our Elijah, Jesus Christ, by faith in his death for us. By faith, he, he, he died for us by going onto that cross just like Elijah symbolically died by going to, to the Jordan. Jesus died on the cross for us and we have just as Elisha followed him through we have to follow Jesus to the cross through the Jordan we, we put our faith in his death for us that that death for us pays for our sin pays for our shame pays for our rebellion we put our faith in Jesus to, to wipe that sin away Elisha's second crossing the first one's a picture of salvation his second crossing is a picture of another kind of death not death of sin, but death of self. Death of self. It's a picture that we must not only put our faith in Jesus and die to sin, but also the second crossing shows that we must die to self. The apostles learned this. Ten out of the eleven were martyred. They were martyred. Twelve, obviously, Judas committed suicide. Out of the other eleven, ten were martyred. And John was almost martyred. He was boiled in oil, but he didn't die. It was a miracle. Jesus kept him alive so he could write the book of Revelation. They learned this, that, that there has to be death of self. Now get this, we must all die to self if we're going to truly follow Jesus Christ, as we will see today. Let's look back at verses 13 and 14. He picked up the cloak that had fallen from Elijah and went back and stood on the bank of the Jordan. Then he took the cloak that had fallen from him and struck the water with it. Where now is the Lord, the God of Elijah, he asked. When he struck the water, it divided to the right and to the left, and he crossed over. Elisha takes up Elijah's mantle. He carried on his mission. That's exactly what the apostles were called to do after Jesus' ascension. Elisha replaces or carries on Elijah's ministry. The apostles carry on Jesus Christ's ministry. Elijah means my God is Jehovah. That's a picture of Jesus. Elisha is a picture of the apostles and it means my God is salvation. He is our salvation. That's what God is for us through Jesus Christ. But he, the apostles were called to carry on the ministry of Jesus after the ascension. Acts 1, 7 and 8. Acts 1, 7 and 8. Uh, when Jesus, just before he goes, he says, he said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. They were given the, the mantle to carry on, and they have passed that torch on to us. We are called to fulfill the Great Commission. 
the Great Commission, Matthew 28, 18-20. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, even to the end of the age. And surely I am with you always, to the very end of the age. So we see that the Great Commission there, that was, so the Great Commission, we are also called to fulfill the Great Commission. Matthew 28, 18 to 20. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the, Father, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. We are also called to carry on that mantle, to fulfill the Great Commission. But let's go back to 2 Kings 2, verse 13 again, where we see he didn't just take up the mantle, he took up the mantle, but he didn't just take up the mantle, but at, as soon as he did that, he had to recross the Jordan. He had to recross the Jordan. The Jordan is a picture of death and judgment. A picture of death and judgment. And we, we must, be, to become a Christian, we must follow Jesus through the Jordan. As already pointed out, we have to put our faith in his death for us on the cross. But there's another vital step of faith. After we've crossed the Jordan, after we've put our faith in Jesus, after we have followed Elijah through and found our salvation, we must then recross the Jordan. But this time it's by ourselves, but it's still by faith. We have to recross the Jordan ourselves by faith. We must die to self by taking up our cross and following Jesus Christ where he has gone before and where he leads us now. We must die with Jesus Christ, die to self in order to really live. I want to say this again. I want to encourage you to remember this. We must die with Jesus Christ, die to self in order to really live. In fact, the Philippians 3.10 brings out the power of this when it says, I want to know, Philippians 3.10, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his suffering, becoming like him in his death. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. Oh yeah, we love that part, right? Super. But, <laughs> follow it a little further. And the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. Ouch. I want, I want to encourage everybody here to get a tattoo today. Uh, get a tattoo, one on each arm, just like Popeye, a pet tattoo on each arm. And on the one side, I want you to put Philippians 3.10. You know, get it, get it, you know, uh, burned in there. And then on the other side, to put in, we must die with Jesus Christ, die to self, in order to really live. Okay, you don't have to get a tattoo. But I'm going to try to get my resident artist to come up with something like a, some kind of sticker or something that to remind us. Something you're going to see this constantly. We must die with Jesus Christ. We must die to self in order to really live. Philippians 3.10. I've been crucified with... Uh, uh, Philippians 3.10. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his suffering, becoming like him in his death. There is no resurrection power in our lives. There's no resurrection power in our ministry until we die to self. 
In fact, the percentage of power we have to live our daily life or to minister in, the percentage of power we have is contingent, connected completely on the percentage that we die to self daily. It's not a one-time thing. It's not an anointing. It's not something that just kind of hits us. No, it's a daily, lifelong process to die to self. But before we can die to self, and this is critical, this is something I want to encourage you to memorize these, this verse and, uh, and, and uh, take that tattoo and put it somewhere you'll see it because this is a lifelong process. This is the kind of teaching that I would encourage you to listen to more than once, maybe once a week, once a month. Just keep listening. This is something you're going to need 20 years from now. It's a constant, ongoing battle that, to, to, to die to self. It's something that we just don't want to do no matter how much we think it's happened. The, the, the self, the flesh, is still there. And I'm talking just about the sin, sinful self, but just the flesh self. It, it, it's, it's sinful self and it's the flesh self. It's the self that, that wants to live in its own independence, that wants to, to, to live for its own glory, that wants to accomplish its own purpose. It's the selfish self, the narcissistic self. It's a self that we all have. And we will struggle with to our last breath. But we have to continually take that self and, and die to self. We have to continually, like Elisha, recross. We have to dis make that decision. I'm going to recross this Jordan. I'm going to put self to death. But before we can die to self, God has to bring us to the end of ourselves. To the end of our rope. The end of our rope. And that's exactly what he does to Elisha. Elisha prays for a double portion, which was an inheritance. Remember we talked about it. it's not double power, but he wanted to be the inheritance son. He wanted to receive the mantle, and he gets it. And as soon as he gets it, then God leads him right back to cross the Jordan again, which is a picture of death. So he's, he, he has the mantle. He's called to come right face. He's, now he's face to face. Facing the Jordan again, but he's facing more than just the Jordan. He's facing his powerlessness. There's no Elijah this time. There's no boat. There's no bridge. He's on his own. It's him and it's him in the river. And only two times in history had the Jordan been breached. Two times ever. We already saw Elijah, but before that it was Joshua. And now this would be a third time when it happens. Joshua, Elijah, and then Elisha. It's, it's an impossible task. And God calls him to this test. He calls him to this test of faith when he's at his lowest point. When his emotional tanks were empty. He was grieving Elijah. Grieving Elijah. Intensely grieving Elijah. And once again, this is a picture of Jesus and the apostles. Think, Remember what the apostles were like when Jesus was taken from them. They were devastated. They were destroyed. They couldn't deal with it. They were completely destroyed by that. And that and that's a pic this is a picture that was this is a prophetic picture of Jesus and the apostles, how they're gonna be. And he was grieving Elijah. He tore his clothes, ripped them apart. Good thing that Elijah had left him his mantle. His life was completely torn apart. And many of us here can relate to this, can't we? We can totally relate to this. I have a warning for you. Take warning from this passage. Whenever God prepares to move us forward spiritually, He will send a huge test of faith. Whenever God 
leads us or calls us to pray for spiritual progress in our life or in our family or our ministry, in our gifting, in some area. He will first test us and show us our complete need for His mercy and grace. And He tests us in the very area we pray for. He tests us in the very area that we have prayed for. So don't be surprised. Elisha prays for the mantle. He gets the mantle. And then he has to cross the Jordan again. Again. Testing always follows the giving of a divine gift. It's all connected. Think about scriptures. Solomon. King Solomon, he asked for wisdom. That's right, wisdom. What happens next? Two women and a baby. He has to, to figure out whose baby this is. Give me the sword. Jesus Christ is baptized and the Holy Spirit descends on him like a dove. Awesome, right? Except what happens very next thing? The desert temptation. Forty days and nights in the desert being tempted by the devil. The apostles receive the Holy Spirit's fire. They're praying for, for the Holy Spirit. They receive the Holy Spirit's fire. And what follows? The fires of persecution. The rest of the book of Acts is about that. Persecution. And it's the same today. I, a lot of you remember Bill Simon, who has now passed away. Now he's in heaven. But I'm, Bill, I'm telling me the story about he was a missionary in the Philippines almost 40 years. Huge impact. Amazing impact in the Philippines. This, this guy, this one man and his wife, family. But oh, but he, he was telling me when he first prayed to go, and he was so excited to go, he couldn't wait to, for God to use him there. He gets to the Philippines, and the very first thing that happens is he got polio. Back when polio was... Uh, was a scourge. He gets polio. He's on his back for six months. He didn't know if he'd ever get up again. Six months on his back. On his back. That was the test. And even now, even later, the rest of his life, he walked shaky on his legs because of that polio. But God used it in a powerful way. But after that call, he had the test of the polio, and then God was able to use him. It's still like that today for us today, like Elisha. And like Elisha, it's when we are at our lowest, when we're hit the hardest, that our faith and our call is tested. God sends his test when we're at our lowest, hit the hardest. He tests our call. He tests our faith. I remember when our mother church was meeting to decide to, to call Kim and I to plant this church here in New Hope. I remember when they were meeting to do that. That night as they were meeting to do that, we found out something terrible about our oldest, our oldest son, Ryan. He was in third grade at the time. Something horrible happened at school. It was something that you'd see in 60 minutes. Something we probably could have sued for. I'm sure we could have sued for. It was a demonic attack. And I'm like, what are the odds the same night they're calling to call us to, to plant this church in New Hope, we, our family experiences this demonic attack. And then when we planted the church, the day we kicked off the church, everybody's excited. A lot of, many of you were here. It was very exciting 20 years ago. But at the same time, nobody knew it, but uh, Kim was actually expecting. It was our seventh child. We were ex excited about our seventh baby coming. And, but early in the morning, before the service, early before, before everybody even woke up probably, Kim started having pain and she started to lose the baby. And even, and it continued and it continued. And, and here we are at this opening service. Kim's zooming around doing a hundred different things. Nobody knew it. 
But, but if you look close, you can see she was in pain. But she lost the baby during that opening service. In the process, losing it, losing it that whole morning and during the opening service, lost that baby. When we pick up the mantle, when we follow Jesus Christ and his call to die to self, expect to be brought to the end of yourself. How is God calling us to die to self today? How is he calling us to die to self so that we can live out the power of his resurrection? How is he bringing us to the end of ourself, to the end of our ropes? What test are we facing? What leap of faith is he calling us to take? What is our Jordan? What is our Jordan? What leap of faith is he calling us to take? Philippians 3.10 Focusing on that. Once again, tattoo on the right arm. Uh, the other, on the other arm, do Philippians 3.10 on the one arm. Uh, I want to know Christ and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in His suffering, becoming like Him in His death. Right arm on the left arm. Steer this. Write this down. Steer it in your memory. And we're going to have something we'll hand out in a couple weeks on it once my artist gets back. But we must die to really live. We must die to really live. We must die with Jesus Christ to really live. We must die with Jesus Christ to self to really live. And once again, I want to encourage you to, to re-listen to this, to memorize this, this, this stuff. And maybe you're here today and you're not really alive yet. Maybe you've never gone through the Jordan River the first time. You can't take the second, you can't recross because you never come across the first time. You've never put your, you've never followed Elijah through the first time. You've never put your faith in Jesus Christ and his death on that cross for our sin, for our shame, for the garbage in our life, for our rebellion. You've never taken that step. It takes a step of faith, a leap of faith to follow Jesus through the Jordan. We must put our faith in Jesus Christ and his work on that cross that is paid for our sin. He took our place. Jesus took our place on that, that cross. He was our substitute. He took our sin and judgment on himself so that we could be forgiven and have a relationship, a clean relationship, a brand new relationship with his Father, God our Father. But have you ever taken that step? You can only take that by faith. It's all by faith. John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. The word believe does not mean to believe in your head. It's not intellectual. It means to believe in your heart. It means to complete the word in, in, in the Greek. means to put your complete trust in, to cling to Jesus Christ and what he did for us on that cross, what he did for us by rising again from the dead. Have you ever put your faith in Jesus Christ? Let's pray. And as we close in prayer, how is the Holy Spirit speaking to you through God's Word? Maybe you're saying you're not really living. Maybe you're not alive at all. You've never put your faith in Jesus. You've never crossed the Jordan by faith. You can do that right now. It doesn't take a religious ritual. There's nothing anybody can do. You can't earn it. You can't be good enough for it. It's all by faith. Faith in Jesus. It's a simple prayer of faith. 
God, I don't want the sin anymore. I don't want the garbage anymore. I don't want my life anymore. Please forgive me. I turn away from that. Please forgive me. I want to be your child. I'm putting my faith in Jesus. I'm giving my life to Him. If you have prayed that prayer of faith, I want to encourage you to let somebody know. Family member, friend, tell me. Let somebody know. So that we could encourage you spiritually. For those of us who have already put our faith in Jesus, how is the Holy Spirit speaking to us? Are you really living? We have life in Jesus. We've got that. We've got salvation. We have eternal life. But are we really living? Really living? How is God calling us to die to self? What heir of our life? To die to self so that we can live out the power of His resurrection. How is He bringing us to the end of ourself? To the end of a rope? It's time to let go of that rope. What leap of faith is He calling us to take? Will you pray the prayer, God, I want to really live. I want to die so that I can really live. I want to die with Jesus to self so that I can really live.